Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Well, yeah, welcome. If this is your first time, welcome. We love you. We're, we're thankful you're here. Uh, this is family. We always say we want to be good at two things. If you're a part of our tribe, you know we want to be good at hosting the presence first and foremost and have family. So welcome. Um, you know, I want to take up the tithes and the offerings now. And as you know, we're believing for full participation. Say full participation. I, I believe that God is taking us from glory to glory in this. The vision of this house will move at the pace of our generosity. Meaning when we start to believe, I was writing something down this week on a piece of paper and the Lord was speaking to me and I was so excited about what was on the paper. Like, Lord, that is good. And the Lord said to me, and so that, what's on that page moves into your heart, none of it matters. And I was like, well, crap, I felt good about that. Like, but that's what the Lord is doing. He's writing on our hearts. And as I was in this room last night, I had my, my five-year-old son. And he was in the room and he was worshiping with me. You might have seen it on Facebook. And I was so moved because I realized that even though Judah may not fully understand what he's doing, he's learned what it means to, to minister to the Lord. And I came to the realization last night that I'm not building anything for me. I'm building it for him. Some of you need to understand what we're doing today is not for us. It's for our children and our children's children. And the breakthrough we receive today will be their normalcy. Do you hear me? The breakthrough we contend for today, the intercession, the worship, the going deeper and the more of God is not just for us, it's for our children. That they would stand upon our shoulders and our ceiling would become their floor. It's like, what are you, what, are you, what am I giving for for the church of tomorrow? For believing that God, He's setting us up in Tampa Bay, in the Bay of the Spirit, to build a church for Him. Where people can come in, be transformed, and be sent out with the blessing amen ah so let's let's take our offering if you don't have um there should be a slide in the back you can give cash check they're going to pass buckets or you can get you can text to give a4321 you have to text a dollar amount so i'm going to pray father bless bless the giving God, give us the capacity to give the faith to give the faith to trust god i thank you that you're building a house for you like Abraham said he was searching for a land whose architect and builder was God, we say yes to that. You build, you lead, you direct God, and we yield. But I thank you that you'll take every penny and you'll multiply it and stretch it for your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Wow. You know, the, the Lord is doing so many amazing things. I, I got up last week up here and I'm like we're building a building and I was like well I'm there I said that there's no building fund somebody called me uh, I think it was Sunday night they said hey the Lord told me to give a thousand dollars to the building fund I was like well we don't have a building fund <laughs> but we do now so it's just amazing because because the Lord is already ahead of us he he sees in the spirit what we don't even have the capacity sometimes to believe for in the natural so I just want to say buckle up and get ready because we're going somewhere you hear me Buckle up and get ready because we're going somewhere, amen? I have the honor to introduce one of my best friends in the world. We've been doing ministry together since 2008. If you weren't here last week, he is now, him and his wife Tiffany are now the associate pastors here at Abide. And we're excited to receive from them today. So you can come up. Yeah. And listen, I, I know it's a little late, but I'm praying for a group of people that are more hungry for Jesus than food. <laughs> I'm hungry too. Listen, I'm intermittent fasting. I haven't eaten anything. I get it. But I'm hungry for the Lord, amen? Amen. Come on, bro. Let's, let's get it. Well, man, I had a beautiful message prepared. 
I worked hard. In the last minute, the Lord said, I want you to drop your message for a fresh word. And I cry, so just get over it. Like, it's a word for this house right now. Um, you know, worship is interesting. It's the only part of the service where it's not about you. It's the only part of the service where it's purely not about you. The sermon, this is about you drawing closer to him. The altar time, clearly about you. Worship, the one part of the service where it is purely about him being exalted. It's in the name worship, like to worship. And so I think it's funny sometimes when like Jesus talking, people get like, why do you worship for an hour? Because it's not about us. Like we are worshiping him. He's not worshiping us. He gets to set the tone. It's his atmosphere. He gets to make the, he's, he's the judge. We follow, we are ministers unto him. It's amazing too, like, did you know that the songs we sing are not the reason he comes? We could sing Jesus, Jesus loves me and he would still come because Jesus doesn't rest on songs, he rests on hearts. That's why some churches, they try to like, they see a formulaic expression of like the more and they try to copy it, but it doesn't ever like stride because they forgot that God starts with the heart and the songs are just an overflow. So we can try to copy as much as we want, but if our hearts aren't in it, and if our hearts aren't in it, it would just be fake. It would just be us trying because the Lord rests on hearts, not on songs. Come on. Man, I feel like I have a, 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 I just, the Lord was speaking to me while I was sitting there in worship. I had, like I said, I had a really good message. I was really excited about it, but um, he brought me to Second Chronicles. And I feel like I have a message for this house right now. If you, if you have your Bibles, open up to Psalm, or sorry, Second Chronicles 41. Now this is, this is Solomon. He's just built the temple. And he is dedicating the temple. And Solomon is about to pray over this temple. Remember this temple is the thing that David had seen for years and wanted to build, but the Lord said no. He says, um, I'm, I'm sending another. And so he sends Solomon and Solomon is the wealthiest king ever. And he, and he builds this temple grandeur and splendor it looks beautiful the outside is immaculate like it's the most beautiful thing that Israel had ever seen and here's Solomon about to pray and dedicate the temple in 2nd Chronicles 6 41 I'm sorry I'm sorry 6 41 I'm a little drunk in the spirit you have to bear with me Solomon says, Now therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place. You. Isn't that amazing? Lord, arise to your resting place. You see, the Lord needs an invitation. I'll say it. He needs an invitation. Revelation talks about the church of Laodicea that says that he stood at the door and knocked at the church. Why was he knocking outside the door? Because he was not invited inside. 
He stood at the door and knocked because he was not invited inside. If I, if it is my last thing, he will be invited in this house. He will be invited in this house. This is not built under Pastor Geo, Pastor Tyler, Pastor whoever. This is built under Jesus. He will be invited into this house. He will have the prominent seat at the table. You know what's amazing? When you give Jesus the prominent seat, he forgoes the seat and washes your feet. Whoo! When you enthrone Jesus, he, all he wants to do is serve. Because he knows kingdom dynamics that like, oh man, I'm getting wrecked. Like, you don't have to like pursue and like go striving for deliverances and stuff like that. Just exalt Jesus and when he comes in the room, he'll make sure it happens. He is so industrious. When he walks in the room, he never wastes time. Oh. You don't think Jesus can love you and set demons free at the same time? Come on. Like, he is industrious. If we exalt him, if we invite him, if that's our main goal in church, is to invite Jesus into the room and say, God, you do what you do, like, things will happen. Well, don't, shouldn't we, like, invite unsaved people? Bro, don't you remember when he would walk into a town? Would not crowds flock around him? I don't remember the disciples going out and gathering people. I'm not saying that's wrong. Don't. But when Jesus comes, <laughs> when the oil of joy and gladness comes, when the healing balm of Gilead steps into the room, like, don't you think the broken will be drawn? I've been in services before where people are driving by a church and they wheel off the side of the road and they come in and I'm serious, they kneel down on their knees and start to cry because he says, something told me that something in that building was going to set me free and they found freedom. Man, it's not in our function. It's not in our function. It's in the posture of our heart that sets people free. Arise, O oh Lord, to your resting place. Man, that word wrecked me. Resting place. Don't we want this house to be a place where Jesus can say, I'm at home. Where he feels comfortable. Where he feels comfortable. Where he feels like he can rest. He feels comfortable. Like he is like, wow. I remember like last week I stepped between those doors, bro, and I said, I walked in and it felt like home. Like the thing that I was burning for in my heart connected with the burning in this house. I want Jesus to feel that way. I want the burning in his heart to connect with the burning in mine. And he says, ah, finally I'm home. This is my desire. If it's not, like if, if Jesus doesn't feel that way when he walks into our building, then what are we doing? We should just turn into the why and like just, you know, just try to help people. Like a social program. What are we doing? If Jesus, King of Kings, who we pray to, the cross is on our building. If that man doesn't feel welcome in our building to do whatever he wants to do, then what are we doing? Lord, let this be your resting place. You, in the ark of your strength, let your priests, come on, oh Lord, be closed with salvation. That's what I'm talking about. It's not the songs we sing. It's not the way that Geo preaches. It's your heart. 
And I'm just telling you right now, the age of superstar preachers is over. It's done. It's dead. This is time for the refining bride of Christ in unison to rise up. In unison, when you read Revelation, it doesn't talk about some superstar. It talks about the church, the remnant, the one. Like, this is one. It doesn't say Billy Graham did something. It says the one. Like, it is time for us to be consecrated. And what we need is salvation, not to drip over us for one time, like to get you into heaven, but to drip over your mind, constantly renewing it. Some of us don't understand when we enter into worship while we're like, I, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. I'm not, I'm not connecting something. Can I just propose something and, 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 and just be humble in yourself? The problem's not him. The problem is not him. It's me. When I'm not connecting, it's not him, it's me. You know the reason why sometimes it takes me in my prayer closet 30 minutes to feel him? It's not because he waits. It's because I am figuring, I'm trying to like push all my stuff out of the way to connect with him because I have so much blockage. I need the salvation of the Lord over my mind. I'm telling you like the Lord in this day is so wanting to pour out revival, but I feel this. He's also wanting to steward revival. He's not going to hand it out to everybody. Let me say that again. He's not going to hand out revival to just anybody. He's going to hand it out to those who can steward, can hold, can uplift, can, can, can march through with revival. And who is that? Pure hearts and clean hands. You're like, well, I have sin in my life. That's okay. I'm not talking about sinless people. I'm talking about meek ones talking about humble ones who have tender hearts who are broken like in here because he broke your heart and now you're so soft and broken you're just like Jesus anything you want I had this I had this stuff in my life and God I want it out but my heart is still anything you want because the, the problem is not sin the problem is a non-broken heart as a pastor I've learned this I can disciple someone who has a sin issue but has a broken heart it's hard to do that when the heart is prideful when the heart is strong, when it's, when it's rock solid, like I can't, I, there's nothing I can do there. The Lord has to break your heart and that only comes through encounter. That only comes through the person who like literally wove your heart together, touching it and breaking it. And we as a body want to host an atmosphere where that happens every day. That's why we're having prayer sets. We are literally soaking these walls. Like I don't know if you know this, but there is something about a place where the where the presence. I'm talking about a physical a physical place where the presence is hosted. Well, I've walked into people that I love. I've walked into their prayer rooms, and I'm like, whoa, that's different. There's something about it. I don't have a scripture for it, but it's my experience. There's something about it, and this is what we want. We want a place where Jesus can touch hearts, touch hearts, break, so salvation can come, and let your saints. Come on, rejoice in goodness. Father, let my heart never grow weary from rejoicing in your goodness. I said this to our revivalist group uh, Thursday night. Thankfulness is the most purest, selfless act in the world. Being thankful, purely thankful. Because you realize in that moment that like what has happened to you, you had no part in. When someone gives you a gift and you're thankful, truly thankful, 
you realize that I didn't get that gift. I didn't earn it. They just gave it to me, and now I'm thankful. Immediately, it takes the eyes off of this and puts it on this. And so when we come, that's why it makes sense. Destiny said it. The psalmist says, enter in thanksgiving because it sets the mood. It sets the tempo. It sets the atmosphere. I love this word. It realigns my heart to like get all the junk out. Even in the morning, like any parents out there, mornings are the worst, okay? And my heart needs a major oil change. needs a realignment just after being an hour with my beautiful babies. Like it just needs it, okay? But when I can come in and just say, Jesus, thank you for something specific. Thank you for when you when you, uh, oh man, I, I can't tell that story today. But when you gave me that check, God, and I really needed it, like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And what happens, I'm bringing my mind into alignment with my heart, and all of a sudden, this starts happening. And like, I'm no longer worried and frustrated about what happened this morning. I'm purely like this, and I'm just communing with my Father because thankfulness has connected us. Thankfulness is the recognition of my depravity and His generosity. Like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thankfulness for me is always where I start because I can never go wrong. You will never be wrong being thankful. (laughs) Oh, Lord, do not turn away from the face of your anointed. Let's go to chapter 7. This is the part where it concerns this house. I feel this is a prophetic image of what's gonna happen in this house right now. This concerns you. All the stuff I just said is leading up to this. This concerns us. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple and one of the problems when when the guy took the cart when when David was pulling the Ark of the Covenant back I think it was Uzziah when he tried to catch it as it was falling One of the reasons it killed him was because the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, was never meant to rest on meant to rest on ministry. It was meant to rest on people. In the moment we start to try to control, even when His presence looks unruly, and, and 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 even in His good intentions, He's like that doesn't look good. I'm gonna try to fix that, control that. The Lord said, Nope, not today. This is what he's wanting. He's wanting for a people to completely trust him that even when it looks like his presence is going down a path that maybe you didn't think it should go, you say, Lord, whatever you want. Whatever you want. I'm here. I'm not here to control you. I'm not here to help you along, Jesus. I'm along for the ride. Like, Lord, where are you going? And when this happens, fire always falls upon sacrifice. fire always falls upon sacrifice like I feel the Lord is is creating hearts in this house that are meant to burn Gio and, and me and Stephen are talking about continually keeping the fire going 
one of the reasons we're doing the prayer sets, like always keeping fire at the altar. And but I, I, I love that, and I love that we're doing prayer sets here. But the, the full extent of this is the fire continually burning at your house. Come on, the fire is continually burning at your job because where does the fire burn? The fire burns here. When the Holy Spirit came, this New Testament picture of what you're seeing right here, where did the fire rest? On people. This is where he longs to be. He longs to rest on you. Amen? Come on. And I feel like something's going to happen when we consecrate ourselves and just say, Jesus, I am a place where you can rest. Like, come take me, whatever it looks like, Jesus, whatever it looks like, you can come have everything in my heart. Jesus, come rest. Fire will fall from heaven and consume the sacrifice. Consume the sacrifice. And what happens when his fire falls, Revelation talks about when the when he says, Jesus will look at you in the second judgment, and he will look at you on the beam of seat, and he will say, his eyes of fire will burn away everything, everything, and what will be left? Silver, gold, and precious stones. What will burn? Wood, hay, stubble. Because when the fire comes, he's a refining fire. It's not a destructive one. It is a refining one. And so what I need, I need the refining fire of the Holy Spirit every day in my heart. Not just so I can be a lover of Jesus, but so I can be a husband. <laughs> Do you think I can be an adequate husband without his help? No. Because I've tried, and my wife said it doesn't work, okay? <laughs> like, I need him for my kids. My kids need a dad who knows what fire feels like. My kids need a dad whose knees are, like, worn down when he's 40 years old because he's spent so much time on them interceding for them. My kids need a dad who knows what warfare in the spirit looks like. This is what we need. It's not just for me. It's like Jesus said. It's for them. It's for people. Like, people coming into this house, like, come on. Like, do you not know? Like, when people come in, they need you having spent time already, not just in the pre-service prayer, but in your closet like finding refining fire so that when you give them a word it's not your flesh it's literally the, the, the word made flesh spoken to them like this is what we need we need is fire to come not just to make us have tingle oh don't get me started like please don't roll around and then be a jerk to your waitress at a Sunday afternoon when you go to the restaurant don't do it making me look bad I'm serious I'm passionate about it like if you're gonna have an encounter with the Lord it better be under something because he is wanting it to be under something and if it's not then it's purely you just saying Lord make me feel good and you're like a drug addict you just want to fix what I want is that every time he touches me I become more like him I become more like him Jesus. <laughs> I love this part. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground 
on the pavement worshiped the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercies endure forever. You know what the result of fire falling is? It's repentance. You know what the result of fire falling is? Is people prostrate on their feet. That's what it is. And not just prostrate on their feet. Anybody can come down here, get on their knees. It's prostrate in their heart. Like I'd much rather have a person who stands the whole time, but their heart is so yielded than a person who comes down here but is never different. I'd much rather that. We can advance the kingdom with this person. What I feel is going to happen, this is the first time I've shared this, for the Lord has told me that, that in these last days, in this next season the church is about to walk through, He is picking, picking houses in whom will steward His fire. And what will happen is just like that temple. That fire falling on the house, falling on the church, and the church stewarding it will be a sign to other believers. And what will it do? It will cause hunger. It will cause hunger. And then like Joel says, in the last days, I will pour out. I will pour out. You see, understand, he will pour out on those who are open. You can't, you try to pour a jug on a, on a cup that has a lid on it, it's not going to do anything, and the Lord's not wasteful. He will pour out unto those who are open. And some of us, or some, some churches and some people, maybe even in this room, we need to have scales to where our eyes are open to see what truly matters. And to see that the American dream, that just everything that, man, like we've been intoxicated with this world. We've smelled its stench for too long. We've forgotten where we truly come from. We've forgotten that we are strangers. We are foreigners in a foreign place. And that we are really living unto an eternal reality. But we've come intoxicated with this place. And like, I say this sometimes, like we've been here too long. We've forgotten the reality of what's going on. That we are spirit. And I feel like what's going to happen is the Lord's going to choose houses. And I pray, I pray, and I'm on my knees praying. This is one of those houses where he can trust. He can trust that we would steward his fire. And it would be a signal to those around us. Because we're not in competition with the way. We're not in competition with TRP. We're in competition with the enemy, with the prince of the air. That's who we're in competition with. We're not a kingdom unto ourselves. We're a global kingdom. And if your heart is more for this house than it is the other, check it. I want them to grow just as, I want, just as much as I want this to grow. Because one day in heaven, there will not be a sign that says abide. It'll sign that says bride. And we'll all be united under one banner. Come on. If our heart's not for the local and global church, then like what are we unto? He says, in this they will know you love me by your love for each other. Gosh, Christians are so mean to each other. <sighs> you know why? It's because Jesus hasn't touched their heart and envy and jealousy and all this stuff gets pent up and they do it in the name of religion because religion is such a great substitute for Jesus. It looks the same. Sometimes it feels the same, but it never lasts. Jesus says, I have water, I have food you know not of. Where you'll never thirst, you'll never go hungry again. Religion tries to do that, but it just kind of counterfeits it. 
What we need is hearts that are yielded, humble. I feel this so much. Like I see the end times church, eyes of fire blazing with swords, but yielded hearts. It's this amazing thing. Like we're so hungry and passionate and we're ready to cut the head off any devil, but our hearts are broken every time he comes in the room. It's like, it's vicious, but it's also prostrate. It's like anger towards the enemy, but it's also tender love and mercy to the King of Kings. Like this is who he's calling us to be. And I see as fire falls, like it's going to be a signal for people around us to say something's happening. Something's happening. I've heard stories. I need to go sit. This is why me, me and Gio love doing this. Like I love when I find a place that has something going on, I want to go. Because I want to give honor to what the person paid for. Understand that any church is experiencing true revival right now usually was spent with decades on a person on their knees. And I want to give honor to that. What I feel is going to happen is people are going to come and they're going to say something is happening there. Something's happening. I need to take that back to my place. And then what happens is all of a sudden Lithia starts to get changed because churches start to get unified. It may not have to look like abide, but it looks like them. It looks like Jesus, whatever he wants for them. But it's eyes of fire and yielded hearts. Are you guys okay? We're almost done. I know I'm, a, I'm really long-winded and I love it. It's something about holding a microphone. Like you can't go anywhere. Like where are you going to go? And if you get up, I'll call you out. No, don't. No. <laughs> All right. Last part. Then I want to pray with you guys. Mm -hmm. Verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. And said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen, I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. You know what a yielded heart truly is? It's constantly putting something on the altar as a sacrifice, saying, Lord, whatever it looks like, whatever you want. Lord, do you want me to live in a camper? I'll do it. Like, <laughs> some of you don't, didn't get that joke because I'm living in a camper right now because the Lord told me to. And I realized, my wife and I came to this realization early in our marriage. It's just like the Bible says, my life is not my own. Who am I to say what the Lord can and cannot tell me to do? When I gave my life to him, I gave my life to him. I didn't give my life to him unto heaven. I gave my life to him unto him. Like, Lord, whatever you want, I will do. You want me to sell everything? We're very comfortable. Come live in a place I don't know, like people I don't know, and like un uncertain financial stuff, I'll do it. I'll do it every day. Because my life is unto him. Chosen as my sacrifice. When I shut up the heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Here it is. This is what he's talking about. He's saying at this house where he has chosen, if they do what he's about to say, this is what's about to happen. He says, if my people who are called 
by my name will humble. It's amazing this theme. Humbling, prostrate. Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. There's three things. Pray, seek, and turn. Come on. This morning we've prayed. Maybe before you walked in here, we were walking around this thing, soaking it with his presence. We've sought his face. But right now, I feel like it's time for people to turn from wicked ways. And don't get twisted. It's not like you're out there trying to scam people or murder people. It's not. It's turning from who you were into who he has called you to be. If this and all the stuff I've been talking about is going to happen, it's going to require one thing. Pure hearts and clean hands. Because he will only fall on sacrifice that can sustain. You guys stand. I feel like as we've been just the whole day ministering, talking, communing with the Lord, he's been walking around touching hearts, saying things. This morning, maybe your wicked way looks like pride. Saying, Jesus, I'll do that, but I don't know about that. Maybe it looks like unforgiveness towards a family member. Well, you don't know what they did to me. It doesn't matter. If he who is betrayed by his own brothers can forgive on the cross that he was dying on, you can forgive anybody. And he also says this. He says, he who does not forgive, I cannot forgive him. That's a hard one. But I feel like there's things in this room, and please, let me also say this. Sometimes when we have altar calls or we have things like this where it's like, rah, rah, who wants a blessing? Me. Who wants to get healed? I do. But when it's like called repentance, it's crickets. And what that does is it shows our heart. It shows our heart. It shows that we've come to receive and not come to give. We've come to get and not come to lay down. And I want to run with people who are saying, I'm open Lord, have all of me. I'm exposed. I'm vulnerable. Take everything. Because that's the only way you're going to use me. And you don't have to come to this altar. You can kneel down wherever you are. You can whatever. But if you need prayer, um, my wife, is she here somewhere maybe? Oh, you have Henry? Okay. Well, maybe we can have some people who uh, are elders or deacons or something. You can get people together. We'll have people up here to pray for you if you want. But I just feel like this morning, with this vision of a burning house, like this house on fire for God, like calling people into like greater depths, with that vision in front of us, we can see, okay, there's some things that are going to have to happen first. I'm going to have to like prostrate myself and like get rid of some things inside of me, some hurts, some resentment, some pride, some greed, whatever it is. And this morning, I want to pray for you. 
and I want you to do whatever. You want to respond however the Lord tells you to respond. And I feel like today is going to be a turning point for this house. Jesus. God, I just pray right now you would rest on hearts. God, begin to touch hearts. Break open. Break open hard hearts right now, Father, wherever they are. God, like, like yield us, Jesus. Yield us, Father. Break the things, God, that don't belong. Like fire fall right now and consume everything that doesn't belong. Jesus, come. Like, let us be lovers where we're not ashamed, God, but we're happily giving the things that don't belong, Jesus. Let us be joyful in giving the things that don't belong, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, if you just want to, if you ha respond however, you, if there's people up here to pray for you if you want, but I just want people right now to prostrate themselves. You can kneel down right now. We're just going to worship, and this is your time to talk to the Lord. Come, now respond. Jesus, come right now. Cause you can have my heart. I open up to you. You can have my heart. You can have my heart. All of me, Lord, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. You can have my heart. You can have you can have it all. I turn to you, Lord. Turn to you, Lord.
me for a second just I just wanted to declare this and then I want us to pray in family units so just engage for just a moment because the Lord's doing something but I just I just wanted I feel like this is a declaration for us right now with just one touch everything changes I'm captivated I'll never be the same come on every heart everything changed oh yes God I'm captivated oh we declare never the same I'll never be the same. Come on. With just one. Every heart engaged. Everything changes. Captivate us, God. I'll captivate I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. With just one. Cause everything changes. family around you if not then just find a few people but I want us to gather together because this has got to fall on families if it's going to fall on in our in, in our community 
So I want to pray together as units. If, you don't have, if you're here by yourself or whatever, just find a few people. Not everybody here. Just, just gather in a group. We want to pray in unity together. This is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. Husbands, lead your families. Everybody praying. This is not about one person in a group praying. It's every heart yielded before the Lord and asking Him. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, God, we ask. We ask, Lord, that you would come into our homes, that you would come into our jobs, God, that you would be what you begin in this house would flow everywhere that we go. God, I thank you that as we take your presence to the nations and to the communities and to our job, that you transform hearts, God. So I ask that you would give us a passion and a burden and a conviction that you would become more real in homes than you are in church buildings, God. That you would help us, God, husbands, that we would lead our families, wives, that you would rise up and that you would be everything that God has called you to be. And I thank you that as one honors the other, God, that you fall in, in spirit and in truth on them, God. I ask that you purify our families, God. Cleanse us with the refining fire of your spirit. God, help us to say yes. We say yes to everything that you have. We don't have to understand every step and every move. We yield our hearts and we trust you. Oh, let us be marked by trust and faith. Trust and faith, God. Trust and faith. You are what we want in our homes, at our jobs. You are our great desire. So, Father, we let pride and dignity and social status, all those things die. And we say yes to whatever the journey looks like. I thank you that from young to old, you have amazing things for every person in this room. That every person, every family has a kingdom purpose. And we speak, we speak the wind of God over dry bones, over dreams, over passions. And I thank you that you're calling people home. That you're solidifying family units, God. And for those that have family members that are not here, we pray that your, your fire would fall on them. That your love would touch them. We bless everything that you've done today. And we thank you for your presence that satisfies. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen, amen. Give God a hand. Wasn't that amazing, man? Oh. Thank you, Pastor Tyler, for that word. Hey, for those of you, you can continue to receive from the Lord. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Continue to believe God for more. And for those of you that were new, thank you for joining us. We love you, and we hope you had an amazing time in God's presence.